Are you conscious of your addiction? Refuse to be defined by it? Not satisfied with living your life on the surface? Are you drawn to deeper meaning and purpose? And believe that it's possible to grow through your addiction to experience true freedom? Well, welcome home. Share the journey from addiction to freedom with your host, Michael Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of From Addiction to Freedom. And I've decided to create a series of what I would call fundamental considerations. And these are things that I think I often refer to and other people refer to in passing as if they're common knowledge. And for some people it might be common knowledge, but for others it may not. So I just thought, and even if, even if it is something that you already understand, I really think it's a good idea to, to really allow your mind to contemplate it slowly sometimes, because we often have these thoughts, considerations going through our mind, but then our actual lived experience just defaults back as if we never knew that and never came across that. So today I'd like to talk about time and I know that might sound, you know, really simple or abstract or irrelevant, but I'm hoping that you'll stick with me and I think that it will be very, very useful. There's a lot of ways that this is useful. So let's talk about how we handle time without realising it, just in our lived experience. So I'm not talking about time in the sense of theories of time, in, in talking about you know mathematical calculations or uh, any kind of physics or any like thing like that I'm just talking about lived experience so how we handle time just without really thinking about it is that it's almost like we have this this linear timeline you know we even have this word timeline in our language where where we have you know the past and as almost that the past is progressing into the present and then the present is progressing into the future. As if the past is kind of a real place where we have been, like as if we went somewhere, we've been there, it's a real place. Like I went to the beach this morning and in my mind, the memory of that going to the beach is almost considered as real. A place, the memory and the past being a real place, just like the place of the beach. And, and then we have the present, which is here. And, and then we have the future. And, and it's because it's almost like we, we consider the future as a real place too, a place that we're going to. Like if I was to hop in the car and drive somewhere to my friend's house, then that would be going to another real place. So it's almost like we're equating the future as another real place. So that's, I think, how we operate by default. And there's a reason for that. We can get to that later. But now let's talk about, in contrast, what our actual lived experience is. Now, it may be not something that's conscious to us 
all the time because we're in the the default way that I just described. I'm going to call that the default perception of time. The everyday default way that we just use and perceive of time. We even talk about it, it's in our language. Now let's talk about the lived experience. So the true lived experience of time is that the past is a memory. It's actually not a real place in my lived experience. I'm not debating about time travel and all that kind of thing. That would be that would be a conceptual consideration happening in the present if I was to debate that. But my experience of the past is a memory and that memory is alive in imagination. And, and so there's almost like movies of things I remember, or pictures of things I remember. There can even be, you know, memories of smells and sounds and things like that. So that's alive through imagination. It's not happening right here in the present environment. It's happening in my imagination, in my mind. And that's a special kind of imagination, isn't it? It's, a, it's, a, it's an imagination that we give a very special quality to. And that quality is almost a certainty that it happened, a, almost a factual reality that this is a this is more than just an imagining this is, this is a a factual happening but in order to have that memory we need to engage memory i mean we need to engage imagination don't we to bring the memory alive so but all of that is happening in the present the imagining of the past the remembering of the past is only alive in the present and, and it's never been alive in any other place than the present. In my whole life, in your whole life, whenever you have become aware of the past, it was always an awareness, an imagining of a special kind or remembering in the present. So the past has always been in the present. Okay, now let's talk about the future. Now the future is where we imagine what might happen. We're employing our imagination there. And we can use our imagination to imagine lots of different scenarios, different situations, different pathways. But all of that imagining doesn't have the same quality as the imagining from the past. It doesn't have the certainty that we attribute to the past. So, but it's still an imagining, isn't it? And yes, that imagining is happening in the present. Just like the remembering is happening in the present, the imagining of the future is happening in the present and it's only ever happened in the present during my whole life and during your whole life. You have never experienced and I have never experienced the future other than an experiencing in the present. So that means the future has only ever occurred for me and for you in the present. And this is very, very different to our default timeline way of thinking, isn't it? Where we almost are attributing a physical place almost, the same kind of 
place that we attribute a physical place to the past and the future, like we're going on a train or a road from the past to the future. But this is not true. That default way of handling time in our mind is actually not the lived experience. The lived experience is that there only has ever been for us everything in the present. I mean, that if you really stop and think about that for a minute, that's so different to our default way of operating. So default. I mean, our language, so, so the thing is, that means the present, in terms of time, if the present is the, is, is the only reality, in other words, past happens in the present, future happens in the present, that means there only is present, that means this notion of time, as in anything different from present, doesn't exist. It's a mental construct that we use, and it's useful, but it's not the truth of our experience. So you could say that the present is timeless, since everything occurs in the present, the notion of past and future as a timeline doesn't really exist. You could, so you could say that we are in a con, an eternal timelessness. And that really messes with our head, doesn't it? Because how do we operate like that? Well, I think this is the whole reason why we've come up with the difference between the way that we experience it truly, as I've just described, and the way that we, def the default way of the timeline. See, we, we use that default way of the timeline in order to communicate with others. And we have words, and which are concepts, that we can use to, so that somebody else can understand what's in our mind. And it's also useful in navigating the flow of phenomena, which is only ever in the present. That's why I call it a flow of phenomena, because it's, 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 it's forever present, but it also has a kind of a predictability to it in the sense that I can say that tomorrow I want to go to the beach and have a surf. And I will do that. Well, that is my intention to do that if anything gets in the way. <laughs> so, and, and I can say that I did that this morning in the past. So it's, lo it's like we have this almost uh, an ability to situate ourselves conceptually. It's a conceptual situ ability to situate ourselves so that we can handle our action, our movement in the flow of phenomena. Now, our mind's existence within the flow of phenomena, because you can consider that our body is part of that flow of phenomena. It's all happening in the present. The problem is that we've become trapped in that default timeline version. We've become trapped in a, in, in a conceptual construct that we've all, we're all participating in, everyone in the culture, everyone in the language that's using the language, everyone... Even when you're by yourself and silent, you, you think, I'm going to go there later in the future. <laughs> or I just have been here doing this in the past. And, we, and, we, and immediately we've got the timeline happening. So it's useful in order to navigate 
for our minds to to be situated and used in a way flow with the natural phenomena of the world and, and, our, and our bodies. That's why that default way exists. But we've got, we've, as I said before, we've become trapped in it and being trapped in it has created some problems. For example, we start to regret things that have happened in the past. We remember certain situations and, and that might generate some anger or jealousy or resentment. And these generate an unpleasant feeling in the body, a suffering. If we were to become aware that in the, that in the process of remembering, we were imagining in the present and that that feeling is being generated in the present as a reaction to the remembering, suddenly we're not trapped in it. Same with the future. You know, we, we, we can worry, which is a kind of a mental suffering, isn't it? Where your mind goes over and over and over and you get a kind of an anxiety feeling. We worry about things what we imagine about the future. We, we have fear where we don't want something to occur. We're, we're afraid of suffering that might occur in the future, which is really the present that we're suffering in. When we have that fear, we're actually suffering in the present and we're, we're, we're self-generating that when we consider those, when we hold those imaginings in our mind and we're not aware that we're considering that the, what we're fearing is a, is a, is a real thing. If we, if we were to think of it as an imagining that, that I'm actually safe right now, whatever the, the imagining, the imagined fear is that, that we're imagining it because it's not present right now. And right now I'm okay, I'm safe from whatever that is. But you see, our minds have become so attached to that concept that we can't, that we don't have the, the relief of being in the present. So this, this default timeline way of operating has really created problems for us. And, and if you observe what happens with your mind, you'll notice that it's constantly either in dealing with the past or the future. And that all the problems arise when we react to those past or futures. All the suffering arises. I mean, there is, there can be suffering in the present, of course. But a heck, of, a whole lot of it is generated from the mind. So now let's talk about why, why are our minds occupied by the past and the future so much? Well, what I would say is that it's because we're addicted to thinking, we're addicted to thoughts. And I'm including imagination as a kind of thinking. It's a kind of picture thinking, isn't it? So let's talk about what are thoughts? Well, thoughts are um, mental constructs that 
kind of like bite-sized chunks of the flow of phenomena. For example, I could say, this is a glass. So I'm taking just the glass part and I'm abstracting that out of all the other phenomena. I'm not including the, the water inside, not including my hand that's touching me, I'm not including what's behind there, that wall. I'm not including me in this picture. I'm not including the colours. I'm not including the movement of the water. There's so many things I'm excluding so that I can just have the one concept of the glass. And what is creating that concept? Is it my eyes? Or my eyes see it all? Is it my ears? Well, my ears can't hear anything to do with just the glass. My other senses aren't involved. I mean, there's touch. So the touch has a feeling. There's a feeling of kind of hard, a pressure feeling. And there's a coldness because the water's cold. But if I was to shut my eyes and just go by the feeling, then I would only, I would, the concept of glass in that regard would, would not include the top because I, unless I touch it because I'm not touching it. I would only include what each of the fingers is touching, the actual sensations, which is not what we call a glass. The glass is the container that holds things, isn't it? So, so this concept glass is purely being created by our mind, isn't it? It's, it's cutting, it's, it's like, you know, cut and paste. It's cutting just a certain selection of phenomena out of all the rest. And, and then we give it a sound, glass, in this language or in other languages, it's a different sound. So we call it a sound symbol. And that sound symbol only applies to this or certain other things like glass window. And we also can give it a picture. That is the letters in a certain sequence. That's a, a picture that's a symbolic picture of the concept. The concept doesn't exist anywhere other than our mind. So basically, like I was coming back to why we're so trapped in considerations our mind is so trapped in considerations of the future or the past. And I said, I think it's because we're addicted to thinking and what are thoughts? Thoughts are concepts. Where do concepts come from? We just described how concepts are created by the mind. So the mind, the ability for us to create concepts is an amazing superpower. It enables us to imagine parts of the phenomenal flow and manipulate those concepts like a, like jigsaw pieces in our mind. And then we can link them together in different ways. Like what if I melted that glass down and threw it against the wall and created a piece of art with that?
what if I hit the glass with a metal object and listen to the sound? You see, all of these ideas of joining different concepts of metal object, that's another concept, melting down. I mean, these are all parts of the flow of phenomena and we have this ability to conceive of these things. Interesting that word conceive, because we literally are conceiving when we join the concepts together in a different way. It's such a creative ability. So fascinating. So it's so useful. But so that our mind creates these this and, it, and then we imagine how these how these concepts could work together. And then we put them in the timeline of past or, or future. So thoughts are our addiction in a way. We have so addicted to, to, the, to this magical ability of thinking, of conceiving, that we've become, we don't even realise how addicted we are. We never stop it. It occurs all the time, doesn't it? Even when we're sitting still, it's still happening. You know, even when we're busy, we're kind of occupying our minds in, a, in the process of conceiving in a very specific focused way. So this addiction to thinking is really causing us some trouble. It's causing us to forget the reality of everything being in the present, in the timeless eternal. And it's, it's causing our minds to focus in the future as if the future is a place and have all these emotional reactions to that or the past and have all these emotional reactions to that. We're creating so much suffering. Now, an addiction is something that is a, an activity that we participate in that then has detrimental consequences and that we, we find it very difficult to stop. And in, in, in the way I've described thinking, that, that definitely classifies as an addiction. I mean, the activity itself is not a problem. It's a fantastic ability. It's wonderful. But our problem is where we, we, we can't put it down. It's like we've got a hammer and we can't stop banging with it. We just can't. St we're obsessed with banging with it. Like we're obsessed with thinking. And what this, what this, what is this costing us? What is this addiction costing us? Well, as I said, it's it's setting up the the situation where we're constantly having these reactions to these thoughts, which is suffering, and we don't have to have that. We do not have to have that. So, how would we not have to have that? Well, the simple answer is is that we stop thinking for a while, put thinking down. Now everyone, a lot of people would say, oh, that's impossible, but it's not. And you've probably experienced it. We call it peace. You'll notice when thinking fades into the background, a sense of, because what happens is that our when our thinking fades into the background, our obsession with well, our, our, our focus on the future or the past also fades. And we're, we're, 
what, what are we experiencing then? We're experiencing being present. And, and there's a natural peace that arises there. And you'll find that in that peace is also a very subtle joy. It's a very wonderful peace and joy. And the other thing that's synonymous, which means one and the same with, is love. Love is such a blissful, subtle peace and joy. <laughs> so I really recommend that, that we spend time recalling the truth of this, experiencing the truth of this. So how can we do this? Let's some practical steps. So I think this even this contemplation that we're going through now is bringing us to be more present simply by becoming aware of the truth, what our default way is, how that keeps us engaged in the past and the future, and how that is based on thoughts, and thoughts are of the mind, conceived by the mind, and that all of that is occurring in the present. And so if we start to become aware of that, it's quite interesting how we naturally, in a way, allow past and future considerations to fade for a while. So that's, I think that's a very, this is why I wanted to do this video, so we could go through this. The next thing I'd recommend is to feel, engage your awareness in feeling, because feeling Feeling is, uh, is really not necessarily using thoughts. I mean, there is a, I would say there's a kind of an intelligence there, but it's not engaging the conceiving, the conceptual faculty. And, and, and feelings always occur in the present. Everything's occurring in the present, so feelings are for sure. But it allows our mind to be focused in the present. You can do it other ways too. You can you can listen to sounds. You can you can be intensely focused with hearing or smell or or, or or movement. All of these ways, everything's occurring in the present. But it's about having your mind focused there. So if you but if you just do the simple things of become aware of what's true, and then feel what does that feel like? And every time that your mind starts to get busy again. Just notice that. And in the noticing, see, in the noticing, so your mind getting busy, it's like your awareness gets attached to the thoughts and it, they go on a rollicking ride. As soon as you notice that, what is the noticing? Your awareness is now aware of what you are doing. And so your awareness is primary and, and, it's, and it's not lost in the phenomena, particularly the conceptual phenomena. So, and then you can come back to feeling. Now, I guess one step, another step would be to become aware of what you're aware of. So become aware that awareness is present no matter what the content of awareness is. So the content of awareness could be thoughts, the content of awareness could be feelings, 
but in actual fact the awareness is present in all that I am all that you are awareness is present and you could sit with that and that kind of disconnect starts to disconnect or dislodge our habitual identification with a conceptual constructed notion of what we are we'll talk about that another time so those are the three steps that I would recommend and that I engage in and um, as often as possible whenever I'm sitting somewhere waiting when I'm walking sometimes even talking with people just become aware what's happening of the feelings of awareness and that that's kind of a skill and it grows you get better at it and it's very very peaceful it's very joyful so all right well that's really what I wanted to share and I hope that was useful whether this is new for you or whether this is very familiar I know that I, whenever I'm hearing something like this, that I'm, even if I'm very familiar with it, it brings me to that state, that state of being, that peace, that joy. And if you really, really notice it, there's love is right, right there. All right. Bye for now.